From the Ben Pixel Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Phone Booth Fighting, a free weekly podcast talking about the world of mixed martial arts and beyond. With that man, the two-time UFC heavyweight champion, current Bellator heavyweight Frank Mir. And this guy right here, Reno's funniest two-times comedian of uh well, funny as oh man i messed your thing up dude i'm so sorry that's okay naga <laughs> silver medalist yeah we have uh and mixed martial artist retired but currently back into training for jujitsu that's right that's right and uh richard hunter we have a uh, a special guest in studio it is uh my last opponent frank Darnell Glenn is uh, here. Welcome to the studio, Darnell. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's very appropriate that uh, we have Darnell in studio because uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the the uh, Conor McGregor Cowboy Cerrone fight, and y'all was at the fight Saturday night. And as soon as the fight finished, it occurred to me in my mind. I thought, you know, the last time I saw a guy get TKO'd in 40 seconds, Darnell was standing over me. Ah. This is very, it was painfully relatable. I was like, man, I wished, I, I told Jennifer, I, got home, I said, I wished I did, I couldn't say I know exactly how that feels. I know exactly how that feels. I'm for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you just made it worse. Anyway, but Darnell and I are good, uh, good buddies. So, uh, and he's going to keep fighting, which is great news because it, I hope you understand, Darnell. I mean, you think I'm just being nice to you, like trying to steer you. Hey, go, go here, go there, get some training. But I, I need you to become very successful at this point because if somebody's going to beat me, I then need them to go on to great heights, right, yeah. Frank? That's what we hope for the people that 100%. defeat us. Trust yeah. me, you think anybody that used to play football with anybody they see on TV now on a Sunday. Yeah. If they can say, that's the guy that ran me over yeah. back in a Friday night game yeah. in high school, yeah. you're going to so tell good. people, yeah, it's a guy, you know, yeah. I got trucked, but I got trucked <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. I used guy. to love doing that. We yeah. played, um, fuck, I forgot the guy's name, but he was a running back for the Saints for a long time, and my team held him to under 100 yards in high school. And I go, see that? He did get 100 yards against us. Oh, and yeah, he's, yeah. He's playing on Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look how that's worked out for him. Um, he was uh, a running. Fuck, was it go, went to Florida? Uh, the uh, Ricky Williams? No, uh, no, I'm I'm not that old, Frank. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, Ricky, he's th- I think he's in his. I think he's forty now. Is Ricky that much older? I think so. Let me. I'm gonna look Google him. Yeah, Google it now because I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I just he's the <laughs> no, most famous okay. saint besides Reggie Bush that I can think of. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you my selective sports knowledge. Uh, I know that name, Ricky. Deuce McAllister. No, damn it. I know that name, Ricky Williams, because I remember everybody made it <laughs> when I worked on sports radio. Everybody made a big deal about the fact that he had taken a bunch of books to Jamaica and just went and sat on a beach and read them. Pierre Thomas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, Ricky got in trouble because he wouldn't stop smoking weed. Yeah, and he had that happen. Super nice as guy, well. though, man. I actually got yeah. to meet him in an autograph signing. Like, cool oh, ass yeah? dude. Yeah. Thick fucking legs. Like, his lower body. Like, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't made a joke. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how did people tackle you? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We, uh, we got a lot to talk about here, and uh, I guess we probably should just start with uh, the, the big story of. Uh, of the week, which was uh, the Conor McGregor Cowboy Cerrone fight. Now, uh, Frank had a pretty good idea. So, Frank's got the fight on his phone. And uh, we can't show the fight, of course. That <coughs> is uh, copywritten material or what have you. But uh, uh, he is going to pull the fight up on his phone and 
tell you where to queue up the fight. So if you want to watch uh, the fight, Frank's basically going to break down what he saw happening. Uh, we'll do that here in a uh, in a second. But Frank, let me just ask you before we do that, what was your? I mean, we talked about how you thought the fight was going to go. Yeah. Um, we didn't get a chance to see a lot of what we thought would be Cowboys' pathways to victory. Uh, a lot well, of ways I was hoping. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Cowboy, you know, in the past he was a notoriously slow starter, but he seemed like he had fixed that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, on his feet, look, he had he's versatile, you know, had more more weapons than uh, than 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 uh, McGregor has. Mm -hmm. Uh, and obviously, being a black belt in jiu-jitsu has that whole level. Mm -hmm. I, I was also kind of hoping that, you know, a guy like Connor, I'm thinking, all right, you know. And, and again, I am betting against him because Cowboy's my friend. Mm -hmm. um, and, and nothing against Connor, but, I mean, I've trained with Cowboy. I've sweat with Cowboy. I've broken bread with Cowboy. I'm partial to Cowboy winning the fight. I'm pulling for him, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to think of ways. I'm like, all right, <clears throat> If he can get this fight out of the first round, if he can avoid that straight left, um, you know, there's these factors you know going on. You know, if he you know, take it into you know the, the midwaters even. And I'm like, and on top of that, I was hoping that I would see a guy in Connor that has a couple hundred million in the fucking bank. He's had quite a long time off from competing. Like, look, he, what he's fought twice in the last three years, uh, and one of them being a boxing match, mm -hmm. uh, and so. Um, you know, I think what was last time he competed, you know, for Khabib was like over a year and a half ago. So I, you know, I'm like, all right, it's going to be rusty. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully money has, you know, dulled his edge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't be more wrong. I, I am truly impressed by, you know, you can be impressed by McGregor's power. Yeah, he's extremely powerful. Does he have a great straight left hand? Yes. It's not the only thing he has, but it is one of the best weapons. In fact, if I could fight McGregor or coach against him, if he says that uh, he's not going to throw a straight left, I'm taking those odds with most of the top 10 guys. Mm -hmm. His straight left is a nightmare because he's so fucking explosive. Very fast, great timing. His step back, straight left is phenomenal. Um, he's just, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a, a baseball player with a fucking 101 mile an hour fastball. Uh, it just, he has it, right? But I was hoping that that mental edge would have been dulled a little bit through complacency, you know, success. Mm -hmm. Does the guy even need to fight anymore? Hopefully, he's having these conversations with himself. Fuck. That guy is motivated, fucking hungry, and and anybody who thinks that he had any ring rust, like I, I heard a couple of people say, like we can't tell anything. I'm like, really? Eh, maybe you're just not as smart about MMA as you think you are. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> maybe you should stick to your sports. Mm -hmm. But I saw a lot of things that told me a fucking lot of things on McGregor that I'm like, holy fuck. I mean, the guy's timing was fucking right back on. His power, his speed. Uh, there was no, you know, he went right back into a fucking main fucking pay-per-view, probably the biggest one, you know, Bellator's had now, or Bellator fucking mm -hmm. UFC's had mm -hmm. now here in the last couple months. You know, it might be the biggest one of the fucking year unless he fights again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the attention that this was on this. This fucking kid eats fucking pressure for breakfast. It doesn't phase him. And he had every reason why. Like, if I had to throw curve balls at a motherfucker this guy had all the curveballs thrown at him that's why i was feeling like as cowboy's boy i'm like yeah man there's a lot of things going in our favor you know he's got some legal issues is fucking going on uh he's coming off of two different losses uh you know obviously you know and and and, and he's fucking wealthy like mm -hmm. I, I know people keep wondering why i'm pointing to that but look man most fighters to get us into the fucking cage or to fucking put our, our health on the line 
are financially fucking driven. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you tell most football players, like, hey, uh, this is all for free now. League's gonna look a little different. You yeah, know what I mean? There's a lot of yeah. motherfuckers like, fuck you. I ain't doing this yeah. shit for free. You know what I mean? Not that they don't love the sport, but that's a motivating factor to put, you know, when you start talking to a guy about, you know, CTE and fucking head trauma, you're like, ah, I'm gonna make a couple million. I'm good, dude. Fuck mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? What? I lose the last 10? I don't give a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And as fighters, we're, we're the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I thought that would fucking. I mean, and look, guys, I, I'm saying this as a guy that was probably, I'm rooting against him. Mm-hmm. He's fighting my friend. And this fucking dude impressed the shit out of me. I mean, money didn't fucking make him fucking lazy at all. The dude showed up, fucking steamrolled, and it was a fucking sharp fight. He, I mean, come on, cowboy, oh, cowboy chokes this, or he fucking threw the fight. Fuck you guys. He didn't do none of the fucking such. He just got caught with a fucking monster. Pound for pound, Conor McGregor might be the most powerful fucking athlete in MMA. Mm-hmm. I mean, he busted his fucking shoulder with a jumping fucking shoulder pop. There's other guys out there that are powerful. I've never seen fucking do that. You know, like, you know, I mean, uh, from Alistair Overeem to fucking Francis Ngano. I mean, a nose is a nose. Have you guys ever seen anybody do that with that kind of power that just mm-hmm. blow a guy's fucking mm-hmm. face up? Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he threw the fucking head kick, uh, you know, it didn't even hit shin. He kicked through the fucking arm of Cowboy, who tried to bring it up and block. It knocks his arm down out of the way. The foot slaps him in the fucking face, and it stuns him. Mm-hmm. Like, the power that Connor is in possession of is scary. I mean, look, does he still have weaknesses in grappling? Yeah, but he's smart about it. I think you realize, and you saw that in the, uh, uh, the uh, Khabib fight. He's not trying to, and I think, to a fault. There's some things coaching-wise I wish I could tell him. Like, ah, if you just did this, this would be better. Mm-hmm. But what he does is he uses his grip and hands. He tries to stall you out, knowing that, okay, if I just hold you off and you don't give up bad position, we're going to start back up on its feet. And every time anybody who stands in front of me who's probably not a light heavyweight or heavyweight, I can put them to sleep if I touch them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what he has going for him. And he has the mental composure to know that he has that in his back pocket. So, I mean, hey, look, I, I got to be honest with you guys. Like, if him and Khabib go to fight each other again, look, statistically, Khabib does have a great chance because, look, if he gets a takedown. But if all of a sudden in the first 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, he lands something on Khabib that changes the course of the outcome of that fight, wouldn't shock me. He's very capable of doing that. And, and it's not just the first minute or two like every pundit saying. He knows how to relax his body now, ever since the Diaz fight, the second one, mm-hmm. or the first one when he, when he gassed himself out. He knows how to, and you saw glimpses of that in the fight with Khabib, where in the third round, Khabib needed to take it off to regain some of his gas tank, and Connor was still loose and relaxed and able to throw and very capable of knocking him out if he would have caught him. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about Connor. Honestly, the one thing really that would make him near invincible if he just got better, it's not even just the takedown. He has decent takedown defense, and he doesn't get in the worst positions. It's just that he still panics, I feel, when it comes to submissions. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in the Nate Diaz fight. I've seen it in some of his old replays before he got in the UFC where you just his body's reaction to being put in a submission is panic. He is extremely, and, and, and that could be fixed, I feel, because he's so fucking smart at everything else there would just be a system, and obviously he ain't paying me, so I'm not going to tell him how. But there's a way to fix why he freaks out when something's put across his throat 
you know, when he goes to get choked, that he completely abandons things that he knows how to do. I mean, the guy has a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. I don't know if he's gotten the black belt yet, but, you know, mm -hmm. you know, he's trained enough, obviously, on the ground that he understands how to get out of your naked choke or how to block it. But there's a panic that hits him when that choke is being put on, that the palm to palm against, uh, you know, and it isn't like he's even starting to defend it correctly. Like, it's zero. It's, mm -hmm. it's really not there. Uh, but he does everything else so well. And, and again, to take off that amount of time and show up that fucking sharp, like, he, again, he had legal issues going on, you know, in different sectors of his life. Uh, he has money in the bank. Fucking Connor don't need to, his kids' kids don't need to fucking do shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's well off. And it isn't like, well, he, you know, that money will dwindle away. The, the fucking dude's a superstar. He, he don't have to ever fucking fight again, and he can still go make millions of dollars. Are you know what I mean? Just see my look right here i'm just just for the first time and anything you say just yeah I, I i'm obliged to give this this well nut. i guess anybody could go broke yeah. but but my point being if we sat yeah. there if i was connor's manager and he's like i i, I want to hang this up i'm like it cool, shouldn't man. happen i'll put it that uh, way I i'm mean, like it, okay buddy yeah. you're not going to be poor you, you we yes. can still i mean are we yes. going to ge generate mayweather money like that fight you had with him no even mayweather yeah. can't generate that without connor right um but are you still going to be able to make seven figures a year through your social media, through endorsements, and through mm -hmm. you know just appearances? Absolutely, dude. Like you are now a brand. You are the mm -hmm. most popular and most famous MMA fighter in the world there's ever been, and probably as far as I can tell, on the horizon ever going to be. You know, in our lifetime, mm -hmm. um, you know he's the fucking man. So I mean. With all those things, it didn't dull his edge. I mean, uh, maybe because I'm a fighter and I know what it takes to be sharp in there, it impresses me more than some other guys that just fucking wear a suit every fucking day and have no clue what they're looking at mm -hmm. and make retarded comments about fucking Cerrone. Um, there was a lot to see there. You yeah. know, like I said, there was a lot of things that were just takeaways that even in a 40-second fight, what that fucking meant. It's like, wow, this dude is fucking serious. And uh, Wow. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't, you know, I, I don't think Usman's a good fight for him because Usman, you know, has a hell of a chin, strong, and could take him down. But uh, a lot of other guys in the welterweight division, I think, I mean, hell, dude, if they make that Masvidal fight, I'm interested. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And guess what? I mean, even though Masvidal is, uh, is, you know, technically, I mean, Masvidal's never made 45 in his life, I don't think, since yeah. he was in, out of uh, elementary school or out of high school. Mm -hmm. Um but, I mean, his power, his speed, his timing, fucking uh, Connor's the shit, man. Well, uh, Dana, just talking about what's next for Connor, and if you want to queue up your video here, maybe we'll do your oh, okay. uh, your 40-second breakdown here. But, uh, you know, at, being at the post-fight press conference, uh, Dana is all about making the rematch with Khabib, which I get. I know Jorge Masvidal was there. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, media support for that and fan support. Not that that wouldn't be very compelling as well. I mean, I think from a from like a, a um, well, I, I started to say like from an excitement standpoint because it certainly would be an exciting fight to build up to and all that sort of thing. But Dana Dana points out that the thing with Khabib, it is global. This is a fight that you could probably put into that new monstrosity of a stadium they're building over there across yeah, the highway. I, I guess if I was in Connor's corner, push the fight just enough that makes it look like Khabib doesn't want to give you the fight, so mm -hmm. that could be the narrative. Mm -hmm. But I honestly wouldn't want that fight because still— If you're Connor. If I'm Connor. Yeah. Because still, 
the weakness that Connors does have in the cage are Khabib's strengths. Oh, I understand. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. And so now he goes and he fights Khabib again, and, and, and let's say statistically that's a fight at 55 that I'm going, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to root for Connor on that one. Like, hey, I, I think the fucking the Masvidal fight is extremely, you know, interesting fight because mm-hmm. um, I think that he can beat the fuck out of Masvidal for quite a few, quite a few rounds, and Masvidal won't go down. Yeah. I don't know when's the last time Masvidal's even fucking ever been knocked out. Mm-hmm. He'll get busted his ass up, um, and 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 then the lead up to the fight I think would be phenomenal, uh, much more upside, and he can win the the BMF fucking title. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, still the one. I mean, there's two fights that I don't wouldn't want Connor to take, mm-hmm. and that's you know the Ferguson or Khabib fight. I mean, anybody else? I mean, and then at welterweight, I mean, shit. There's a lot of fucking matchups there that he that statistics. It's like I don't know. Like Connor is fucking bigger than a title. Who gives mm-hmm. a shit if he's a fucking welterweight champ mm-hmm. or a fucking middleweight mm-hmm. champ? Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. I would be all about just like the fight with with Jorge. Mm-hmm. Those kind of fights, fights where you have two guys are going to build up, and there's and everybody's interested in seeing it, and they're going to back and forth. I mean, they almost kind of did it here with the cowboy fight. You grabbed a legend in the sport that everybody that loves, and then now you have Connor, and and stylistically, there's a lot of reasons why Connor was the favorite in the fight. I get it, you know, um, but why match him up against somebody that isn't going to sell as well? I don't know. I mean, maybe it will. Wait, are you talking about Khabib? Yeah, I guess it does sell. I actually think that sells better. Because here's the thing. First of all, it's got the record. What? Like worldwide, probably. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's it's got the the pay-per-view record from the first one. It so so you've got a track record. Um, internationally, I think yeah, that's. I think factor. for the one shot, you're yeah. right. The one yeah. fight would be a bigger fight, mm-hmm. but then we damage. Uh, it mm. kind of kills the mystique. I mean, we have fucking Mike Tyson in his prime. I yeah. don't want to see him get two losses to the same guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like, I, you know, yeah. I guess that's my fear is that yes, could he catch? Could be maybe, but I mean, let's be honest, guys. You know. A phenomenal striker versus a phenomenal grappler. Statistically, the grappler always fucking mm-hmm. wins. What, 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 I mean? what like, I to 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 counter that, what I would say is, is that because you do have those casual fans who maybe just buy the Connor, like you had people buy that fight this past weekend who you know maybe buy one fight a year, they haven't bought one in a year or two or something like that. You know the casual yeah. fans, they know the name Connor McGregor. Okay, so one thing that will happen uh, uh, in it, uh, you know, inevitably is that after a fight like that, everybody's going to do the same thing they used to do when they would buy the Tyson pay-per-views and go, oh, man, I can't believe it didn't last any longer than that, and I paid all that money. So if you've got the fight with Khabib to market, now all of a sudden you've got a guy who's beaten him once. Yeah. So it's kind of no, like... No, no, I get it. And know, like I said, yeah. but I think that that's, that's it, though. You're, you're yeah. taking a chance of shooting your shot. Yeah. Right? And I think it hurts his credibility, whereas I think that, let's say the Masvidal fight is only 70% of what a... Khabib fight mm-hmm, would make mm-hmm. it right, but then we can do more of those fights afterwards. Mm-hmm. We can do now, you know, uh, you know, a Wonder Boy Thompson fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you know, and just start, you know, a Nate Diaz run that one back. So now we can string him out with ten fights, where those ten fights would make more money yeah. than 
10 fights after Khabib with a loss to Khabib. Well, the other yeah. thing is, too, and, and we don't, they, they know things we don't know, but as far as where Connor goes from here, I think there's two things to consider. He's got that money, like you said, and he's going to have a lot of interest from boxing. You know, Manny Pacquiao wants to box him now, and, and Floyd would probably do that again. You know, Connor said something at the post fight press conference. I tweeted about this. This is getting next to no attention. But I have been saying this for years, and Conor McGregor said it in his own words Saturday night. Somebody asked him about Floyd Mayweather, and his exact words were, Floyd is burning through cash fast, and he is far from retired. And that is Conor McGregor saying that Floyd Mayweather is trying his best to run out of money, and he may need to make money. And I've been saying that. It sounds crazy, but they can find a way to do it. And for that, you know, and as quickly as Conor says that, and that's why I alluded to that earlier, hopefully he's noticing that from a cautionary standpoint, making sure he doesn't do it himself. By the way, I just wanted to, because you brought it up, uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal was only TKO'd once, and it happened in 2008 by Rodrigo Dam. Yeah, see, so, I mean, that's a good yeah. matchup. I, I just feel yeah. like matchups like that where they're more marquee, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, you know what, though? <coughs> I don't think fucking Khabib will fight him again. Well, I think Khabib likes having the win over him. Yeah. And I think that his way, like, I think in their mentality is like, I'm undefeated, I beat you, mm. and now you can live with that the rest of your fucking yeah. life and let it burn. And, and, and it's not like Khabib is really financially driven. I mean... I don't think he gives a shit about money at all, you know? Dana claims, I mean, he said this at the post-fight press conference, that people don't realize how much money Khabib has. He, I believe Dana actually said the figure. He said he, he believed that Khabib had in excess of $50 million. Wow. How does that translate into quite well rubles or yeah. whatever yeah yeah, well. yeah 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 no i'm sure he's very well yeah. taken yeah. care of over yeah there. you know and so but, i think he's gonna fight ferguson because and honestly i'm i think fucking khabib's gonna retire guys yeah yeah do you think he retires after ferguson, ferguson? yeah i think he beats ferguson mm-hmm. and now there's an argument that he's one of the best in the sure. world ever because he has a victory over connor he has a victory over ferguson i mean he's basically beat everybody at fucking light i mean mm-hmm. name somebody mm-hmm. that that he mm-hmm. didn't take out of, of, of right. super consequence you're like yeah but he never fought yeah, the, yeah yeah you've eliminated that argument so now he gets to go down and retire and mm-hmm. and just become you know and he likes being a role model he likes you know he I think he gets more pride actually being the leader of the gym and, and, and being a mentor to the young fighters coming up like his mm-hmm. cousin and all those other mm-hmm. guys, more so than he even likes being a, I, I don't really think Khabib likes limelight. Mm-hmm. I think that basically it was a means to an end. He wanted to become the UFC champ because in the MMA world, that's the equivalent of becoming a gold medalist. Yeah. I don't think he cared about standing on the podium. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. He wanted to be he a gold medalist. Wanted the achievement, but he didn't want to go on the podium. The recognition. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I've hung out with Khabib when I was mm-hmm. over there in Azerbaijan or uh, Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. and and I'm just looking at a guy that like that th- his motivations are different than other people. The guy mm-hmm. is a much more simple, humble warrior, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, the only reason, like you know, he's beat that challenge. That mm-hmm. was why he wanted to fight Connor because the challenge mm-hmm. of showing that I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. The only way to get him to do a rematch is if somehow he honestly felt that Connor could beat him again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. And so in, in his mind, he's only running it back for money. And it, it thrusts him into this limelight that he doesn't want to be in to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, I just, honestly, guys, I really think that Ferguson's a challenge. And so that woke up the beast inside 
Khabib. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, that's a fight that you know people want to see because you know people aren't quite sure, like they are in most situations, that Khabib is going to steamroll yeah. Ferguson. They're like, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going, well, Ferguson has a good shot at this. Yeah, and that is the kind of shit that entices him mm -hmm. to go. I don't see him much as of a rematch guy. I don't think he's given. I mean, has he ever given anybody a rematch? Mm, think about it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because he's like it's conquered territory. Well, he's also been so dominant. There's never even been a case yeah, made yeah. for one. You yeah, know? and really, I mean, and if Connor yeah. wasn't Connor, if 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 their yeah, their the fight itself, be, you break yeah, it down, yeah, it was extremely one sided. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I was just going to say this because there's going to be this interest from boxing, but. The other thing is, we don't know, you know, the way these Irish laws are, we don't know the whole status of Connor's situation over there with his sexual assault investigations. And there's two of them. There's not one, there's yeah, two. I saw that. And, you know, that's either going to cost a whole lot of money to make go away, or uh, it's also the kind of thing because I, I guess legally they can't, you know, report about it until you're actually charged and all that kind of stuff that could be the kind of thing where we don't hear anything about it and all of a sudden one day bam a bombshell drops like True. this is happening so there may be a thought like hey let's go ahead and get this let's get it done while we get it done you know as far as like the fight with Khabib they may not be looking at the 10 fight well, well no I mean you're he's got it he's yeah. got I'm saying from the UFC standpoint right no they I, may I think be looking hey, at UFC it like, wants it yeah I think Connor wants it I mean Connor you know I get it why yeah. he wants it um, I don't think you guys are convinced of Khabib to take it. There's, I mean, yeah. what are you going to swing in front of him to make him go, okay, that's worth it to me? Mm -hmm. Money? He has yeah. money. He has more money than he needs. Mm -hmm. And he's not flashy. He's not fucking driving around in a Phantom and, and wearing a, you know, a $45,000 fucking, uh, mm -hmm. you know, hubla. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he's a simple fucking guy. I mean, when I went and hung out with him, I saw him. I mean, like, his clothing, his attire, he looks like a guy who, you know, I mean, just, you know, crew cuts his hair back you know his religion his faith with islam you know like you know everything was very simple and clean and humble and and a guy like you know you got to figure if you're a promoter like what are you going to swing in front of the guy to get him to go after it like mm. he and it wasn't like the fight was close and anybody's like well he caught you had connor dropped him for at least one second hit him mm -hmm. you know like how michael johnson did Mm -hmm. I think that you could possibly convince Khabib to jump back in there, you know, because Khabib, you know, is a bit of a fucking perfectionist, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, that not being the case that, I mean, he dropped Connor, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, like, like you know, I guess the argument is that he took off the third round and Connor, like, oh, you know, he won a round. I'm like, eh, that's about as much as a round that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, eh, mm -hmm. is that really winning a round or is that the other guy took a break? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about that. Um, Connor has all the power in the world. His kicks, punches, fuck, man. The guy, I mean, he could hurt. I mean, fuck, he could catch him. If I had to bet my house on it, though, with a Khabib and Connor fight, as much as I'm blown away by Connor's abilities, it just it's X's and O's, it's yeah. styles. It's like watching a football game. Where you're like, oh, this guys can do this. I'm like, yeah, but they have no defensive line, and these yeah. guys have the best offensive line. Yeah, but they're running backs to shit. I'm like, guys, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's the, the trenches is gonna fucking murder. There's certain fundamentals in a football game when you watch. You're sitting there going, yeah, it was like watching the 49ers game this last week. It's like, oh, they're gonna make a comeback. I'm like, I'm hearing people say that in the second half. I'm like how mm -hmm. the fucking offensive line is fucking averaging their whoever fuck i could have averaged 10 yards of fucking carry in that game you know what i mean like it was unbelievable you sit there and go okay well you know this guy's i'm like all that is trivial because if you can't stop this 
you know, and, and that's yeah. the matchup with Connor and Khabib. And Why don't you queue up your, oh. your uh, breakdown there so we can uh, – now, we'll be able to see this in studio, but basically what Frank's going to do, we're just going to do a little alternate fight commentary. So the fight's 40-something seconds long or, or about. So tell everybody where you're starting. Right now here. I'm looking at uh, – I was just looking at Cowboy jumping around. They're about to uh, – meet at the center of the octagon they're both in their no, no they've already met they're going to start fighting so i'm watching connor or khabib and i'm looking at connor yep he just scratched his nose <laughs> if you're trying to call to, the fight yeah if you're trying to cue this up at home frank's giving you the cues for where to okay, start to go the here comes and connor's big left hand and oh pause as we're going Okay, Connor came out. <laughs> it's funny. I heard some things from people. I'm not just a left hand. I'm like, no, but your left hand is special, and that's what makes you special. Is that that is one of the most dangerous weapons in MMA right now is your left hand, and you're in possession of it. If I took away your left hand and we go back to your last ten fights, your success might not be as dominant. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, it's. I don't understand why he's upset about that. You know, like, I, I guess I just didn't understand that. He was like, oh, you know, everybody, the critics say, I'm just a left hand. No, no, no. You have a phenomenal left hand. You have spin kicks, roundhouses. You have other stuff, but nothing is show-stopping as much as that left hand. You know? Yeah, and I don't know that a lot of people are saying that. Uh, I mean, Donald's, uh, uh, Jafari, Donald's wrestling coach had said something like that, but I think that was a little bit of hyperbole. I mean, that's your... That's your coach, yeah, you know, maybe talking. So, so, so right I, now he's got really. a uh, Connor has a wizard. He used his head perfectly to block. Great defensive wrestling. His knee is on the outside of 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 uh, Cowboy's knee with a right knee. It's pressured, and he's posting with his left hand on the bicep of uh, Cowboy Cerrone right there. Great blockage, right? And then what he did better here that is also too something you can see an improvement from his last fight with Khabib is that not only is he blocking the takedown attempt, you know, of Cowboy walking in with that underhook. Cowboy did try to think about maybe changing levels when he got first, uh, that first um, takedown came mm -hmm. in, but Connor sprawled out perfectly well, kicked his legs back and regained his center of gravity to come back with his hips. And so now Cowboy's just kind of, you know, moving forward looking, but then he makes him pay for it, Connor does, by throwing these vicious fucking, there's a knee, and he threw those vicious L shoulders. Now look, here's the part where Cowboy does a good job. He backed up, he just got blasted with some hard shoulder shots. And this is when people go, oh, he quit in the first 15 seconds. No, he didn't. Right now, he just he got shell-shocked. Wow, those are some hard shots. I wasn't expecting it. Cowboy's trying to regroup. He's now ranging with his jab to create distance. And now, as a fighter, you have to keep someone off you. You have to, it's called, earn your respect. And right now, Connor is just running at him. He, you know, opening bell. So in Cowboy's mind, it's, you know... Uh, what goes through my mind is get the fuck off me, mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm going to do something to you, whether it's a straight left hand, a power kick to the inside of your leg, uh, uh, maybe a, a knee up the middle. You have to do something as a fighter to earn your respect from the other guy. Be like, dude, not you're not going to fucking walk me down. Mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. walk forward and throw shots. And so Cowboy decides to throw a very powerful roundhouse at Connor. Here it comes. Boom. Mm -hmm. Good shot. Now, Connor answered back. That tells me that, that even though Connor blocked it, he felt it. It was a good shot. Because what most guys do is when a guy kicks you, you can't let him just kick you. You have to make him pay for it. So Connor, great striker, goes, ah, oh, that fucking hurt. Fuck you. Take this back. Mm -hmm. Now, 
he threw back the same exact shot, which in all my years of fighting, that's the biggest telltale sign for me to know, oh, that bothered you. If I throw a leg kick and it hurts, guess what's probably coming back? Leg kick. You're fucking yeah. throwing a leg mm-hmm. kick. It's just how people are. Just, yeah. I don't know why we're wired that fucking <laughs> way, but we are. <laughs> yeah. And so he threw a phenomenal fucking kick to the head on Cowboy here. And the Cowboy only went to block. It was so fast. He didn't load it up like a Muay Thai guy. He almost threw it more like a kickboxer, karate style. He just right from the back hip threw it with such speed that a speed kick like that, you can block with one hand. But Connor is physically gifted. So his speed kick still drove through the block. Cowboy should have pull blocked, which means bring both hands over and take the force if you're going to take the kick or get the fuck out of the way. But it was so fast, getting out of the way wasn't an option. And Cowboy still kind of just, you know, he had a moment of of clarity there that, okay, I got to get this guy off of me. And then now uh, Connor throws that roundhouse back, fucking goes through his guard, and then slaps him in the fucking chin, stuns him again. So now Cowboy's like, fuck, I just got rocked again. Connor realizes what's going on. Boom, that shot, that left hand, the two of them were fucking vicious. They hit him right on the side of the fucking head. That's your inner ear. It makes your legs cave out. That's why Cowboy's legs go fucking jello. You know, most people, if you hit them on the fucking side of the ear like that where the inner ear is, it throws off your balance. So now Cowboy is down, and he's feeling shots from, again, what I think is probably one of the most powerful guys pound for pound in the UFC or in MMA in the world raining down on him. And now he's dizzy. Cowboy doesn't know what's up, what's down. I've taken that shot before when Mark Hunt hit me behind the ear. You're not out. So when people sit there, go, oh, you're quitting. It's like, you know, and, and people even said that in my fight. Oh, you look like you're okay. I'm like, you're right. The lights were on, but it was like being on a fucking boat in the middle of the worst storm in the world. I didn't know which way was up and which way was down. Like, you just, you just, you, you if I... If anybody wants to know what that feels like at home, play the game, the baseball bat that everybody does during the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Put your forehead on a baseball bat, run around in a circle for 30 seconds, and then try to fucking run. And you're like, oh, I feel that's because your inner ear is fucked up. And that's exactly what's going on there. So when Cowboy's able to pull his hands up to protect himself, it's because he has no bearing on fucking balance. Mm-hmm. So now it's just survival instinct. And here he's taking shots and he's trying to possibly maybe see for an opening. There, he's still looking. He was going to open up, but he's getting blocked. He turned to the other side, shin block. There, he's done. He's hurt. He can't know which way he's going on. But, I mean, that is a very impressive. Now, again, that's uh, Conor McGregor, who's taking off a year and a half, has a bank account that's full, and it's, you know, man, all the reasons why to fail this guy had. Issues outside the cage that are going on that are distracting. Mm-hmm. You know, issues, I mean, come on, I'm married. And most guys here that have a girlfriend can probably tell you, if you're dealing with sexual allegation assaults, what do you think your fucking home life is going to be like? Mm-hmm. You know, a new baby at the house or the wife that's hearing that you're fucking, you know, you know, it's all over the newspaper and she has to go to the hair salon and people looking at her funny. And all that tension she's getting she's bringing it fucking home you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, it's gonna come through so he's dealing with all that and he showed up that sharp 
holy fuck, man, that's impressive. I mean, you know, I wish people would get more off of fucking Cowboy at a bad showing. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, Connor's just that fucking good, guys. I mean, like, it just is what it is. I, I, it was almost kind of like, I remember when Anderson Silva fought Forrest Griffin and everybody was like, I'm like, guys, it's fucking Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he makes everybody in his prime look pretty fucking stupid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it just is what it is. Some guys are just at a different level. And McGregor, you know, is just at a different level. Mm-hmm. Uh, some say the fight was fixed. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. I, uh, my, my first reaction to that was, that's a terrible way to fix it. That's not how you fix a fight. You want to fix a fight, here's my arm, here's my neck, you know, don't squeeze too hard, I'll yeah. tap out. But uh, it, it, you never fix a fight by saying, kick me in the head and turn my world upside down. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the torque he threw on those two punches against the cage. After he threw that flying knee and he sat down, Mm -hmm. he framed with his right arm, Connor did, and he threw a... That was a vicious fucking punch. Had that caught Cerrone on the chin, the fight would have been over right then and there. He would have completely spun his head. Yeah. But he caught him on the side of the head, which knocked out the inner ear, which which kept Cowboy conscious if shit all i know is look if someone's gonna tell me to throw a fight in the back and i'm cowboy i said they go okay cool you know what we'll do you come in throw a punch uh, and i'll shoot underneath of you and you jump for a guillotine and that way we can sit there and go holy fuck it's a fluke i thought the guy was gonna strike with me holy shit i mean and then i mean if we're writing narratives it makes the fight with Khabib seem more interesting. Mm-hmm. You're like, look at me. I'm fucking throwing submissions now. Mm-hmm. On top of already being a world-class power striker, right? So now you're like, all right, what the fuck now? Like, that would just... If you can write the narrative, I could have thought of much better uh, ways to write that script uh-huh. than that. That yeah, was yeah, not... I mean, yeah. come on. That was dumb. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, that's uh, all well and good, your analysis there, Frank, but... Uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith disagrees with you. Now, he uh, said that Cowboy was in over his head and that he was disgusted by the fight. Now, just a couple of positioning That's statements. That's pretty strong wording to say about a warrior. Yeah, it is yeah. strong. Now, first, a couple of positioning statements. I don't know who this person is. I, uh, as you know, I only... ESPN's most famous That's what I understand. As you know, I only know the combat sports. So uh, you can imagine my surprise when... uh, Do you have the video clip there? uh, Obviously, other people listen to it more than I do, but this is probably the first time I've ever heard something come out of... You know, because most of the time he's talking about basketball and football. Uh He's very much to me, but obviously I'm not an expert in those fields, and I feel that he seems to be well within his uh, wheel well, uh-huh. whereas hearing him talk about MMA, I was like, uh, you know what? Yeah. You no, should have turned this one, one down, wait, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, the, wait, I'm looking for the video clip, uh, the the links I sent you with the uh, the commentary uh-oh. where we're going to queue it up at 345. Did you not have that one pulled I up? Th- yet? I don't think I got that one. Okay, don't. Well, I'll just, I'll you know just talk quick, about it while we're doing guys, it. It was yeah. sent to me. Give me one yeah. second. I'll, I'll text it to you, Mikey. Okay. Are you talking about what he actually said? Yeah, the post-fight. Yeah. Um, here. Let's... Uh, yeah, I didn't get the video in the... Okay, hang on. Uh, let me uh, Let me just... Uh, Mikey, do you have uh, WhatsApp? Uh, I think so, yeah. Hang on a second. I'm going to send this to you, Mikey. Hold, please. Oh, I got you there. Is it the ESPN YouTube? Yeah. Okay. And uh, what? I just sent you one. Just uh, click it and cue it <coughs> to, uh, I think, 345, something like that. Okay. So, uh, 
so uh, I there was him and there was another guy, and they were both on either side of Joe Rogan, and I don't know who those people were. But and this is what happens whenever you know the there's there's big network involvement and a big pay per view and all this and they're going to put their top. This is the way it was explained to me. Yeah, that, well, they're going to yeah it they're going to put your stupid. put your top guys. With After listening to them, it's like hey guys, uh, unless these guys are fucking drawing numbers just because they're drawing numbers and you're yeah. recognizable. But why would you have Joe Rogan fucking commentate on a football? Yeah, don't now, do does that. Does Joe know about football? I'm sure Rogan knows about fucking Actually, football. I don't think he does. But that's uh, kind of more to your yeah, point. Uh, or mean, having me go the, out. Yeah. Uh, even me, as much as yeah. I love and know about football, yeah. if you said, hey, Mir, we're going to fucking give you an opportunity to mic up on the sidelines, I'd be like, uh, are you guys going to feed me the questions? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, make it to where I look smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, we're going to go ahead and get your input on shit. You're like, so you're going to want me to judge something that I casually watch for fun. Yeah. And now you're looking for me to give an expert fucking opinion when i'm not a fucking expert and yes yeah whose fucking idea was this and see that's the problem it's not even that they're gonna have you down there to just ask softball questions you know hey must have been good to get a win out there today you're not doing that they're like no get aggressive with your tell them everything that they did wrong you know, and that's that's a that's a, give your non-expert expert opinion. Uh, yeah, and oh, so that the idea that uh, and and listen, this is Cowboy did. There is a piece uh, that uh, Cowboy did for uh, it's on ESPN Plus uh, for anybody that has it. Just one second, we'll play this uh, for anybody that has it. It's a, just a little vignette. It's like a three-minute, four-minute thing. It was maybe the most honest thing I've ever seen a fighter do in terms of walking through the nerves of what happens in a fight. And it really accentuates how much you just cannot imagine what this is like. Get on the mic here, Darnell, because this is, and I don't know if this, we actually, Darnell and I have not talked about this since our fight, but uh, this was in a lot of ways, and you understand, I'm not saying we were fighting on UFC level, but. It's all about perspective. Uh, oh, absolutely it is. And in terms of when I saw him break this down, I was like, yes, this is exact. Because what he did was he took you hour by hour, minute by minute of what happens. And if I, he was so honest. He's not trying to be a tough guy and go, I'm not nervous. It was the total opposite. He's like, you know, you, you wake up that day and you're thinking about this and you're nervous. And then you, you get to the venue. And then this starts happening, right? And you're there hours before. And he said, then they sit you down and wrap your hands. He is then when that happens, that's a whole new level of okay. Now we're we're getting toward this. I don't know if this was like you, this for you, Darnell, but to me, once they assigned the commissioner to us, like when they the signed our hand wraps yeah. and they got the dude in the maroon jacket that's just staying with you the mm-hmm. whole time, that to me was nerve wracking. That's when it was like real. It was like okay, yeah, this is really happening. Because the whole time, like, I was nervous, like, yeah. getting to the venue. was like, okay, here's the venue. Looking at the cage, and it was just like, okay, like, it's happening. This is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Just nervous the whole time. And then, like, getting your hands wrapped, it was like, it's getting more real. It's getting... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's usually when I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'll look funny now if I jump out the escape. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And that's what Cowboy was saying <laughs> in this clip. He was like, You are you are saying to yourself, What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like whose dumb idea was this? Like and he does say it doesn't matter who he's fighting, he said every time yep. this is what you go through. A thousand percent. And that's I completely related to that. And when that for some reason 
when the commissioner gets assigned to you, because he's then got a for people don't 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 know when they see you know a lot of people probably don't even realize how come every time they take their gloves off there's somebody wrote on there with a sharpie it's a commissioner saying okay i looked at this i watched him get his hands wrapped there's not any metal in there or anything like that so these are legal but then they have to stay with you to watch it and make sure there's no shenanigans going on and and that when that's that was still an hour maybe longer before the fight started yeah. and i was like are you kidding me this you're gonna i'm with you now this whole time that's what the guy said to me i remember he's like all right partner it's just you and me now we're i'm we're joined at the hip till this thing's over with it was nerve-wracking as heck so anyway i really recommend everybody watching that clip all right so just i don't know what's happening here <laughs> again i didn't know who these guys were but just watch what must be going through joe rogan's mind while he's listening to this okay give it a play I'm standing next to a legend, okay? And far be it for me to refute anything that Joe Rogan says, but here's my reality. We haven't learned a damn thing about Conor McGregor for this fight. Rick. How many things did I explain that we fucking learned? Yeah. <laughs> Countless. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, obviously I count them or go through, but yeah, yeah. I gave more than just one or two very interesting facts that we actually learned from this fucking showing. Mm -hmm. So right now it's like, really? You, you're right, because you don't have the expert knowledge on what you're watching. You can't tell what's going on. Just like if I watch a basketball game and someone goes, oh, the high post zone or whatever the fuck, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, the one it. guy's dribbling and he looks a little tired or he looks pissed off. Like, I can cue in on human emotion. Mm -hmm. But as far as trying to understand and give you an opinion, like, hey, what do you think of their, uh, their, 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 that coverage and that pick and roll and all that? Like, I don't even know what the fuck a pick and roll is. I just have heard other guys say it, yeah. so I'm regurgitating something yeah. now. That's what level he's at, at when it comes to MMA. And that's why, like, that's what I find frustrating about this is why have a person talking right now that can't even see what doesn't even isn't aware of what he was looking at it'd be like mm -hmm. i mean like i might as well go hey man my car's not starting can you give it a shot cool i drive i'm like well, casually but do you ever been a mechanic ah, i changed the oil once on a 16 i'm all mm -hmm. okay yeah tell me what you see fuck wh wh what do you mean tell me what you see yeah. you don't know what the fuck you're looking at yeah and uh, you can already see the look on joe rogan's face is <laughs> oh my gosh okay all right go ahead and roll it mike because who were you listen the man did not get hit other than one kick to the arm, that's it. I mean, he didn't. Listen, let, I have gotten hit that much in the last week, okay? <laughs> and I don't fight. I mean, come on, y'all. The fact of the matter is, we don't know, and we know that Conor McGregor is a champion. We yeah. know he's a great fighter. We know that he's box office. He's phenomenal for the sport. We're all happy he won. If you love this sport, you got to be happy that Conor McGregor won. But you didn't learn anything from tonight's fight because Cowboy Cerrone just didn't show up yeah, i could have ran so i mean the guy has legal issues a long time off money in the bank we saw that he was still a motivated hungry very well put together fighter that still has a reason to step in there and step in there at the, the top of his sport he didn't phone this in there's a lot of fighters right now that are fucking former champs that if you had 200 million dollars in the fucking bank legal issues and a fucking two-year layoff and say hey jump back in there we not might not see the best version of them I just saw a great version of Connor. That was one of the best versions he's displayed. It just happened to be the, that he steamrolled fucking Cerrone. And and to to the point about Cowboy Cerrone didn't show up. No, no. Listen, no, that's why me, in the fight I told you he when he goes, oh, he just didn't fight yeah. back. Like one kick to the arm, like. 
Because Cowboy first, when he came in, got caught by the surprise of the overhand left. Connor Smart, he's a slow starter. Maybe I could start him right off the bat with a straight left, came in. Cerrone ducked it, came in with an underhook when he first tried to shoot, but Connor's legs spring back. Powerful, he felt his hips weren't in the right position. He can't get under him. He has the underhook, starts walking forward. Connor throws the shoulder, shoulder, fucking knee, and now the shoulders bust his fucking nose up. And again, Cowboy backed up real quick, and you see him starting to, all right, let me start. That's Cowboy's rhythm if you've watched cowboy fight before and you've watched other guys with his style they start getting their bearings by leading with their jab it's their range finder yeah cowboy fires that left fucking hand out there and he's not even hitting you he's just okay what are you doing what are you reacting to what are you reacting to boom and his combinations come off of that so when you say he didn't show up man he got caught off guard nose busted he tried to step off and had the mental capacity and experience of a guy most victories in the ufc comes you know with, with experience he tried to reset and then throws a nice power roundhouse right to the shoulder, the, the, the midsection of uh, Connor. That was a smart kick to throw because if Connor would have thrown a straight left right at that moment, he might have broke his fucking ribs. Mm-hmm. A, a way of keeping a guy's power arm back is to throw kicks at it. So after all that's going on, he's keeping his mental composure, but fucking just it was too much. Connor was too sharp, and he's too fucking good. And, and when you talk about somebody, to me, a criticism like not showing up for a fight, that is reserved for somebody who shows up horribly out of shape. They miss weight, yes. Way overweight. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to not to pick on somebody, but like a much more apropos, if you were going to make that kind of criticism, this latest Rampage fight when he fought Fader. 100%. He was way out of shape. 100%. You know, he, he wasn't, he didn't take advantage of opportunities he had. Sony you know, showed up yeah. in shape, showed up ready to fight. He did and the interviews. Listen, I mean? even like, that, I, I have a hard time saying that about hardly anybody going into what they're going into. But that is still, you're, you, you can hang none of those things on Cowboy, and that is just a matter of well, not understanding, one, what, yes. prep, what being prepared looks like, and two, how quickly something can have. This is what I keep getting back to. It's like, especially, how about this? As much of a veteran as Cowboy is, you know it's quite possible, and you know maybe this is a question we'll ask Cowboy at some point next time he's on the show or whatever, but it is quite possible that in the span of those 40 seconds, Cowboy got hit with something, either whether it was the power of it or maybe the speed or the angle or whatever, that it might have clicked in his mind, wow, this is a new, ch- this this right here maybe has never exactly happened to me this way yeah. before. Okay, so Which I've got I, think an un- sm- I like the way you're talking because I hate it. When guys sit there and go, oh, the other guy didn't perform. The other guy didn't yeah. show up. I'm like, okay, if the guy showed up like, like you know, Quentin did, you're right, make those arguments. But to me, it steals thunder away from, you know, Connor. Yeah, right, it's like, right, hey, right. man, this guy's ability to show up and show no ring rust, his mental capacity, his discipline to stay focused and train hard with all the amenities. I mean, come on, man. Think about it. If you're Connor's fucking coach, how much money do you think you're making? You're probably the highest paid fucking coach in MMA if you're his coach. Mm -hmm. Are you telling him to do something he doesn't want to fucking do? Are you trying to upset him? Mm -hmm. We've seen many high high caliber athletes with nothing but yes men around them. And somehow, Connor has avoided that pitfall. Mm -hmm. So once again, it's like, guys, let's give credit where credit's fucking due. Instead of bashing on Cowboy, Cowboy tried. There's a reason why Connor is fucking Connor McGregor. The motherfucker is fucking good. Yeah. All right, roll it here, Mikey. And for 40 seconds. I disagree. 
We learned. We learned he okay. rises to the occasion. We learned he could put Cowboy away. We learned that he can land okay, a head that's kick. Fair. That's we fair. learned that he could beat him yeah. down. Okay. We, we learned that this guy performs when the lights <laughs> are on him. We already knew that. But we learned that he was focused. And we saw I Look, I, I've been aware of his training. He was... He was in tip-top shape for this. Yes. And he was treating this like this is a potential resurrection of his career. Yeah. Nurma Garadoff he took it serious. humiliated Floyd Mayweather, humiliated him. So there's two humiliating losses in a row. This was his return, and it was a pretty significant return. I could stand corrected on that because what he's saying is when you look at what Conor McGregor did, you can take something from seeing what he did right. based on what he's done in the past. He was knocking guys out in the past with his fist. This time it was a leg kick. It was the shoulder. So that's something new. All I'm, tra- all I'm alluding all right, to. Pause it real quick. All right, guys. Everybody probably... I don't know if I've said this because I've been doing this shit for four fucking years. In fact, this was a big argument between my wife and I one time. A roundhouse off the backside, right? We call it a roundhouse. You know, Muay Thai guys throw it, right? When you throw it to the leg, it's a fucking leg kick because you're kicking someone in the fucking leg. Said roundhouse, when aimed at the body, becomes a body kick. And if you throw it to the fucking head... It's called a head kick. Yeah. Just because you're kicking with your fucking leg as a roundhouse, you don't call it a leg kick to the head. That's what basically what what's that? Well, yeah, every well, what kick, kick is wouldn't a leg, be a yeah, fucking. Yeah. I'm like, can you show me a non-leg kick then? Because I'm interested yeah. to see that. Like, unless it's fucking John Holmes fucking here and you know do some kind of weird slap on me. Every kick is a it's penis. You joke. designated basically the term <laughs> of what strike came from, what body part, by calling it a kick. Mm-hmm. Right? An elbow, a punch, a kick. It's a like knee. saying an arm punch. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Well, and even that uh, kind of can have a significance because you can sit there and go, well, an arm punch means you only used your arm to punch. You didn't throw your whole body behind it. So, I mean, but yeah, but be saying like it's a hand punch. It's like, well, no shit. What the fuck else do you punch with? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, all right, he, a hand punch to the face. Hand punch, you know, it's like, no, dumbass. That doesn't sound right. Whoa. So, and, and to me, that's other subtle clue that says you're out of your element, man. This isn't it. So, I guess, and, and I, I don't fault smith for being out of his element he's a fan of the sport he's obviously not an expert on it but when i'm not an expert on something i tend to keep my fucking mouth yeah. shut and choose my words carefully it, you know I, it, look i go sit at football games with my cage son right uh, son cage i sit the, one of the guys that work out in the morning his uh, the father of one of cage's best friends his name is mike right mike's been football coach for 30 fucking years he coaches his centennial defensive coach the dude is very fucking smart at explaining. Like, we're watching the plays. He goes, oh, they're in this zone. The the numbers, he goes, it's a numbers game. Bah, 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 bah. This is what's going to happen. He tells me the fucking, like, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, well, I'm like, fuck, man. You can, he goes, yeah, as soon as they line up, I can tell you what's going on or what should have happened and, uh-huh. and explaining why and this and that. And now, I understand about body mechanics, timing. I understand the strategies of warfare, you know, as far as the psychological aspects. But I don't sit there and have, like, at that point, I'm like, oh, so when the, the, when the DN shoots off on the, the outside shoulder of the tackle like that, if he's always taking the outside route, I see why if the quarterback just takes one step forward, you override him. So sometimes you have to push it. So I get it. So when he's talking, I know I can ask cool questions and maybe give, you know, I can add to the conversation, but I realize that I'm not the expert in that yeah. conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I feel like when he came in there, it's like, you know, being there like, wow, this and that, like, you know, he should have turned it around. Like, I feel like there was a much, it would have been a, 
uh, I could have handled if you put me in that same scenario in a football game or a soccer match, I could go out there as a commentator. But you would see me take a whole different approach of like, wow, you know what? What I saw, this was interesting. Why are they doing that? You know, you become the fucking ask the yeah. question guy. Well, I was going to say he the should other be setting up Joe. Yeah, Rogan. that's yes! right. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. fucking Joe Rogan setting him up. That's right. just, yeah. I don't know. It just and this is why yeah. this came off. And and I think Smith's obviously a super fucking smart guy, knowledgeable and passionate about other sports. He's just not knowledgeable here, and and no knowledge and a lot of fucking uh, uh, confidence about something is the problem I have with most people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it looks stupid. Like when you're confident without knowledge and experience, like that's just a bad combination. Yeah, this reminded me of uh, when I worked at the Bunny Ranch, when I would be up in Reno. As a, a person, not not the no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was least successful prostitute ever. Um, uh, when I worked up there, you know, if I'd be up there while a big fight was going on or something up there in the Reno area, I'd go out, you know, find a place to watch the fight or whatever. So I remember one time Dennis, uh, the deceased owner of the Bunny Ranch, Dennis brought, you know, he'd go out and watch fights with me or whatever. Of course, you know, wherever he went, he always had to have four or five hookers with him, you know. So he brings all these girls to one of the, we went to some sports bar, watch fight, right? So I'm sitting there, and he sits one of them down next to me. And she is going on and on. She's one of those that just knew everything about everything, right? Uh, and a sudden expert on my everything. My favorite kind of people. And what <laughs> what I remember distinctly is that I don't even remember what the I remember Uriah Faber was fighting, and Faber Faber got beaten. I think he lost a decision, but. Um, the whole time she's explaining to the table quite loudly about how Uriah Faber just has not been properly trained for this fight and all the mechanical things he was doing wrong and at one point she was referring to some sort of eagle claw technique <laughs> that the other fighter was using I mean it just it was absurd Dennis was was so amused because he could just see steam coming out of my ears while I'm having to sit there with this going on you know right next to me but my point being that it sounded like somebody professing expertise on something that they clearly didn't yeah. know. And you're absolutely right, Mikey. Like, even if you had said, even if he had looked at Joe Rogan, and said, Joe, did, I mean, did it seem like Cowboy was prepared for this fight? That's okay. Because you're asking the question, and Joe can give you the intelligent response to True. that if you feel like that's a question that needs to be addressed. But as it turns out, and obviously that's not why this person is employed. They want him to do this. But why? I just don't understand why this is necessary. Like, well, you know, it was a waste of time. Yeah. Because it, it, it took away from Connor's success and all the things that he did well. And it's putting blame incorrectly on the reason why we saw what we just saw was because Cowboy sucks and didn't yeah. show up. I'm like, wow, that just you just fucked both guys. Yeah. No, Cowboy showed up, tried, yeah. and fucking ran into a fucking monster of Conor McGregor. And a lot of people have fucking ran into that uh -huh. fucking monster. And and Conor, it's like, holy fuck, guys, again. I mean, I keep fucking beating it like a dead horse, but like he had every fucking reason to look like shit that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if there was a fight, if there was yeah, a time yeah, I yeah. wanted Cerrone as my friend to fight Conor, mm -hmm. I would have chosen Saturday. It's like, hey. There's a lot of factors not going in his favor, buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit at home might be a little rough with all the fucking legal issues going on. Fucking, you know, yeah. uh, 
uh, fucking, he's got a lot of money, you know, he's probably fucking comfortable. I mean, mm-hmm. how hard is this fucking rich motherfucker training? Mm-hmm. You know, how hungry can this motherfucker really be? You know, I mean, does he really even need to fight anymore? Does he give a fuck? I mm-hmm. mean, all these things that Connor came out and goes, fuck you, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever problems he might be having, that dude cold fucking is able to shut it all out and show up and fucking perform under any circumstances because he showed up under some pretty shitty fucking circumstances you know like connor had a lot of reasons why he should have you know not even have lost the fight but not look great had connor looked bad on saturday and even pulled the victory off right but if he looked like shit the first three or four minutes and had to get his timing on and this and that Mm -hmm. would have anybody really faulted him no. No, you'd have no. been like, look, this motherfucker's last fucking victory was three yeah. years ago. Yeah. The last time he won a fight because, you know, that was, uh, he fought fucking then uh, Mayweather and took time off for that. Then he fights Khabib, you know what I mean? Like, and, and even being in the ring, I mean, this guy has a lot of shit going on. I mean, he's the most famous mixed martial artist in the world. He's, I mean, and for the PR, you know, he's dragged fucking everywhere. There's another thing he has to deal with that yeah. most of the fighters don't have to deal with. And he dealt with it and dealt with it better than, I mean, holy shit. The dude looks like he's fucking the Terminator as far as psychological, you know, just uh, ability to endure. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't give a shit what's going on. Well, I, I was talking to George and Goes over at uh, MMA Junkie about this. And, you know, they were saying, because they watch other sports, and they were kind of explaining to me who this, this Stephen A. Smith guy is and all that. And they were saying, well, probably from ESPN's perspective, they were putting, like, the guy who's kind of the voice of the common man on there because a lot of the common viewer is going to be thinking. They should have been asking questions. Well, yeah, yeah, that the common person's going to be thinking, damn, that was over too quick. You know, I'm, I'm really disappointed or whatever. And I said, okay, maybe that's the case, but instead of giving uh, a platform to that ill-informed point of view – Instead of that, why not have Daniel Cormier or yeah. you? Or, yeah. I mean, there, there's a number I, honestly, of other fighters. Who, I found who, it fucking super disrespectful. Well, yeah, because if we were in the fucking Super Bowl and I saw Daniel fucking Cormier at the sideline, I football players, the yeah, football yeah. fans would go fucking insane. Yeah. Now Connor or DC being in that situation. That's who should have been fucking standing there. You have a guy who has all the experience in the world, former fucking champion, you know, fucking two different weight classes, one of the most dominant fighters in our sport, and he's smart and articulate and can explain the shit. Why the fuck wasn't he in that position? Yeah. Or uh, fuck me. There's so many other guys who could have fucking knocked that out of the park that are are known in our world that have paid the price for our world this is mixed martial arts the fact that it was fucking a football guy or Stephen A. Smith is great but like he would be just as a fucking fended if the next time you see the Lakers and the Clippers playing and you see me fucking standing there fucking going well you know like I really don't agree with that fucking drive. I mean, they gave up eight points. Well, what were you guys doing? Like, why yeah. wouldn't you fucking score again? And you'd you be can, like, yeah. dude, shut the fuck up. You can, you know I mean? like, and anybody can make hyperbolic statements. Like, you could say, you know, I, I, I got more wads of paper in the garbage can this week than that team got baskets in the bucket or what like you could say that but that doesn't really mean anything no, that didn't really have no quality information right, well, which i thought that's the point of this well to, to to bring it a little closer to home though uh yeah there was a lot of criticism for stephen a smith but i don't know if you saw this or not frank our former producer travis challenged stephen a smith to a fight do you have that tweet for me Mikey? <laughs> i don't know if you saw this or not all right that's from travis our former producer who uh was here before mikey was here 
what does that tweet say there, uh, Frank? <laughs> if someone could put me in contact with at Stephen A. Smith, I would be. I would like to set up an exhibition bout. Would love to put my hands on that piece of shit. I do not understand why he's employed or who listens to him. But he's a punk-ass chump, and he's to be taught respect. Oh, boy. Now, we have to explain. For longtime <laughs> listeners of uh, Phone Booth Fighting, I love you, Travis. they'll know Travis. Uh, you know, Travis is a good friend of Cowboy Cerrone, <coughs> so obviously he's going to take yeah. this criticism a little little personally, a little more personally than, than a lot would. But that being if said. If you're fans of Connor, you should be pissed off about that yeah. comment. Well, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That Can you imagine? Away. This is yeah. what he did. You gave me my opportunity to go to bat. I stand up on the fucking uh, 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 the plate, right? I swing. I hit the ball. I hit it out of the fucking park. I win the fucking game. And all you guys want to fucking talk about it is how shitty the pitcher mm-hmm. is. I'm like, really? He's a major league baseball player. He's a Hall of Fame. He has records here, here, and here. Nah, he fucking sucked. I'm like, really? That was still a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Threw it right over the plate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, 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 are you are you seeing what I'm fucking seeing? I just happen to fucking have you know it's like whatever, and so like it takes away from the guy who does well. Mm-hmm. To me, applaud fucking Connor. Mm-hmm. I gave you fucking ten different fucking reasons at least of why what he had to overcome to show up and be that fucking sharp and look that good, and he fought a guy who is fucking dangerous and fucking cowboy. Well, uh, I mean, Travis issued that challenge, but uh, I don't know if he's retracted it yet or not after this footage of Stephen A. Smith hitting the pads came out. Have you seen this yet, Frank? No, he's fucking around. That's not real. I mean, Did I he play any sports? Wait a minute. Has he, he played sports of some sort, right, when he was a kid? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me look him up. Now this Frank, uh, uh, I'm not sure how old this footage is. This is uh, Stephen A. Smith working the pads here. Uh, somebody pointed. I don't know what that low punch is that he's leading with. Uh, somebody said that was like a, a dick punch. Uh, but punch. somebody I thought had the best analysis though. Maybe this is the strategy that plays into it. Somebody said that he's training in case Cowboy and his son attack him at the same time. All right. What his trainer is trying to do is by throwing that punch low like that, all he's really trying to do is he's not really focusing on that being a punch. He's trying to get Stephen A. Smith to rotate his shoulders. So he wants that left shoulder forward. So the easiest way he's probably found to convince him is like, hey, touch my mitt. So that way you know your shoulder's forward. We're putting our weight on our right leg. And then now we're going to unwind and push forward. Now, that's basic the fundamentals of what he's trying to accomplish. So he's it's like kind of a like... Think about it as like a carrot at the end of a string for a mm-hmm. horse. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's an objective. So that's what that. That's not a real strike. That's no slight to his trainer right there. Yeah. That's just his trainer going. You know, like I've done that before. I tell people, hey, put your hand on my shoulder, and then from there we're gonna throw the straight right hand. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to get you to pull your shoulder back and line it up like drawing a bow. Yeah. You know, and then obviously once we start fighting, I don't want you to put your hand on someone's shoulder. I'm just trying to get you to exaggerate certain motions so that I can teach other parts of your body to fire off correctly. Now, Stephen A. Smith has apparently responded to this. Mikey's just pulled it. This is breaking news. I haven't seen this yet. He has responded to his training video. Okay, what does he say there, Mikey? Uh, Please, bro. That was me eight months ago after I tore my rotator cuff, but before surgery and following a damn 90-minute workout. But I totally get it. If that was anyone I knew, I'd rip their ass. Everyone can feel free to get on me about this when I'm laughing my damn smell smiley face. All right. 
Well, um, so this is, that's him with a torn rotator cuff after a 90-minute workout. Okay, you know what I would say to I Steve? can show you a fight with a guy with a torn rotator <laughs> cuff. <laughs> you know what I would, I would say about this, though? And I don't think Stephen A. Smith meant to prove anybody's point other than his own. His response to this is maybe it, it does a great job of encapsulating exactly what's wrong with saying that Cowboy Cerrone didn't show up. Okay, I don't. I didn't know any of that. But if I didn't know any of, maybe I should have known that before. If all this is legit and that was happening and all that, yes. maybe I should have known that before. Yeah, I you're just saying assessed. actually understanding what you're looking at. Yeah, right. Would give right, you better right. perspective to make a much clearer description and uh, breakdown and analogy of what you're seeing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that'd be fucking amazing, right? Information yeah. of understanding what you're looking at. Yeah, so uh, maybe that you know that is the yeah the, that, that's a crazy thing. That's you know? the epitome of turnabout being fair play there. Yeah, and honestly, again, I partially blame that he was put in the position. Yeah, you know, and then because you're being asked to give an expert opinion on a topic that you're not a fucking expert. Yeah, as simple as that. You know, if, if it was supposed to be some kind of fight fan thing, okay, well then be a cheerleader. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Go cheerily what you just saw Connor do. But giving, like, oh, he didn't show up or this and that. Like, now you're giving criticisms. And I think a criticism at that point should be left up to an analyst who is an expert on what they're analyzing. Because if it's just a fan giving their knee-jerk reaction, yeah. then fuck, man. Tom Brady was in the fucking audience. He's way more famous than Stephen A. Smith. Mm. Fucking mic his ass up and see what he had to say. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you're talking about just pure interest of what the common non-fighter was thinking, that would have drawn more attention. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. Uh, even I would have probably clicked on that and been like, mm-hmm. well, what the fuck does Tom Brady, who's a, the world's best fucking quarterback, you know, what does he think of what this situation was? This guy, you know, six fucking Super Bowl rings, 13 fucking AFC championships. Like, what does he think about this mm-hmm. situation? Mm-hmm. And then if he's a fucking moron, I'm like, okay, but, uh, you know, at least there's some kind of, you know, interest leading up to it, uh, whatever. Yeah. But, but again, I wouldn't go fucking critique an archery competition. I don't know shit about it. You know what I mean? Like, even as much as I know about guns, I like to go shoot. I wouldn't feel comfortable in a situation where I was an analyst at shooting. And I guarantee you, I've dealt with more guns than Stephen A. Smith has done fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've shot more times than he's ever probably thrown punches. And I don't consider myself an expert in that world over other people that'd be like, hey, we're going to have you go up there. I'm like, really? Like, who else is here? Like, well, we got this former guy who won the competition a couple years back, or this guy who set records, or this guy who's had like 20 years of experience. But let's hear what you have to say. I'm like, Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why uh, is this like a clown on me fucking session? You know. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. Stephen A. Smith's athletic background. He did play college basketball on a scholarship, oh, okay. so he's got some athletic experience. Yeah. Uh, where did he, what does it say? Where? Uh, Winston Salem. It's a, a historically black university in North Carolina. Uh, I couldn't tell you the level of. Well, so, yeah, I, I, so because I don't know. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> See how that works. You're not. You're not disgusted by this. News. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I. I don't yeah. know what that means. You yeah. Know? Like, right. You know, right. And the limited information on you know played basketball in yeah. college. Okay. I mean. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, what you do know about Frank is Mitrospec. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners about a. Uh, 
Well, they got a new special going on uh, for phone booth fighting listeners that I will tell you about in a moment. But maybe you can explain the uh, ability to use credit cards uh, to legitimately charge Mitrospect. They've actually yep. set up that overseas office to yeah, do it. Any of you guys have been listening to the show the last couple of months. Uh, I've been big on Mitrospect. One of the things that they sell is Kratom. Uh, they have another assortment of different herbs and, and, and different uh, medicinal uh, you know, elements that they, that they have. But the Kratom is something that I've been living on now for, for months. It's replaced completely my any ambition or any necessi- necessity for me to take a pain pill. Mm-hmm. Uh, even after I went and did my procedures and had the injections, like you know, they, they give you a couple pain pills at the end. I, I took them home and showed them to my wife because I had the Kratom. It was much more effective for me. The only hang-up was before is because legislation on Kratom can be tricky, and so dealing with credit cards, uh, Mitch Speck was not able to do. If you had ordered from them in the past, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, understandably, I mean, I, I do it myself, uh, you know, going up and, and placing an order and then showing them the response with, with the different electronic transactions that you had to do. Um, now you can simply buy it with a credit card online, just like you do a purchase for anything else. So it has streamlined the response so much uh, and made it so much more easier uh, than ever before as far as acquiring it. So if you tried to go on their website and you were confused on how to order it, I get it. Uh, um, the first couple times I went on there, it was a little confusing myself until I feel, okay, place your order, you have to buy it, send them the fucking email link back and forth. It was, you know, it was definitely you had to jump through a few hoops. Uh, and and now they have eliminated that. So you can call them up and, or, you know, go online on mitrospect.com. And now you can do your purchasing for Mitrospect uh, for Kratom specifically, which I vouch for uh, very heavily. Um, you can use it, uh, your credit cards. And uh, for phone booth fighting listeners uh, to celebrate that new ability, they're giving our listeners a 20% discount. All you're going to have to do is head over to mitrespect.com. That is M-I-T-R-A-S-P-E-C.com, mitrespect.com, and enter the promo code PHONEBOOTH at checkout. Also, for the month of January, anybody who uses the code PHONEBOOTH will be automatically entered in a drawing for a free kilo of Kratom, a $120 value. That's mitrespect.com, promo code phone booth. All right. Appreciate them doing that for our good listeners. Uh, hey, before we wrap up here real quick, uh, I want to uh, mention to everybody that uh, we would appreciate you doing those iTunes reviews for us, right? I mean, we've talked about that before. That always helps us. Go to iTunes, uh, look up Phone Booth Fighting, and uh, click on the five-star review. We appreciate that. and It helps keep us at the top of the uh uh, of the um, algorithms, however that works out. It basically just makes us, uh, keeps us accessible in that space. But uh, we have a new reason to do that, Frank. We are under attack. We're under attack from the, the pro-Trump cancel culture movement. Uh, we, yeah, blow that up big for me there, Mikey. Now, this is a recent one-star interview that we re, uh, review that we received on iTunes. Now you and I are open to taking criticism, but you you tell me if you think this is fair. Uh, Frank and Richard seem like their hearts are in the right. This is from seventy nine Wexford, by the way. Frank and Richard seem like their hearts are in the right place, but when they turn the show into a political witch hunt, it seems like a one sided bully beatdown. 
Sadly, I would compare your bias and information to be more in line with The View television show. You and I have never been compared to, uh, who's on The View? Joy Behar. Whoopi and Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. Yeah, The View television show. Uh, Richard, that's me. I could pull up your past quotes about the Russia-Trump collusion, which were essentially wrong. Uh, okay, well, let me just say, if, if you can, then you should. Don't don't say you can do something. I could prove you wrong, Frank. I'm not going to, but I could. I just want you to know I could. And you're lucky I'm not proving you're wrong, but I could. Uh, now you now, let's see. Now we are on to quid pro quo with Ukraine. Now here's where it takes a weird MMA twist. You couldn't even give a judge credit that he gave three rounds to Covington in what was deemed a very close fight, but it could have easily been three to one for Usman. Well, yeah, I didn't see three rounds for Colby. I, I think one judge might have, but the others didn't. I don't even understand what that is. I think he's mad that I I said that the, the, the guy who likes Trump lost a fight against Kamaro Usman. All right, then he continues. Let's see what happens with the upcoming bar Durham and criminal investigation, but I don't think that will matter to you. I actually liked your show, but fellas, you ruined it for me with episode 256. If you're using your podcast as a political podium, at least put someone on with a difference of opinion or walk back some of your past erroneous comments. It would make it seem like you can view things fairly. Sorry you lost a fan. Well, first of all, and I'll say this again because you referenced it twice. If you're going to tell somebody that they're wrong about something, tell them what they're wrong about. Don't do this. You know what? This is like Trump doing. People are saying, a lot of people are saying this thing or that. Well, who? Who said that? Because we got to get specific. Tell me the specific thing, and then we can talk about that. So he's not uh, doing that. Secondly, the idea of having other people on who disagree, uh, Frank and I disagree on things. Mikey is very conservative over here. And of any of the fighters that we've ever had on, boy, name the liberal fighter we've had on. I mean, I think we were talking well, about— in, in fact— Jennifer and I, because Jennifer wasn't registered to vote. <clears throat> so when I was at the DMV with Bella getting her license, I got the paperwork to fill out. <clears throat> Jen and I are actually having a very honest debate at our house on, on who we would vote for, and, for as far as president. And uh, I haven't eliminated that I wouldn't vote for Trump just because of certain factors. Like, I think that how he's handled the economy right now is, is great. I look at people's 401k right now, it's fucking good. Now, do I think that he did other things? So here's how I'm starting to look at it. I like Michael Jackson's music. I really do. But I wouldn't hire him as a babysitter, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I'm starting to pick apart, okay, what factors will help improve my life? Uh, I also think how he handled Iran was actually really good. In fact, it actually showed me that I need to be less fearful of us going to war than we really thought ourselves. Iran completely blinked and showed that they know they're no match for us. I mean, 
he basically punked him. The, the guy that he fucking blew up needed to be blown the fuck up. And then their response afterwards to throw a few missiles after warning us, oh, by the way, we're going to shoot this shit up just so we don't lose face and not kill one fucking American shows exactly how they wanted to handle that. Like they want to pretend they were tough, but when it came down to killing somebody, they weren't prepared to do so. Okay. And incite our rage because they realized what would happen. And rather than, uh, than do what this guy just did and tell you I could tell you that you're wrong i'm not going to but i could i could i could point out things frank and yeah, show and you where you're wrong i won't this? but i could i'm going to point out where i think you're okay. wrong number one uh that tax cut is unfunded that is a payday loan and so when you go if if any of us go to a one of these high interest loan places today and we take out a loan that is not going to come due for 60 days, we're going to feel good for the short term. When that bill comes due, if we didn't budget for it, if we did, if we basically <coughs> overextended ourselves to make that happen, it's going to hurt on the back end. That's one. And on Iran, here's the issue with that. Not whether or not we took out a bad person, but when it was authorized, when Trump talked about doing that and what his basis was for doing it, because he's got to have a basis for doing it, and it can't just be that it's a bad guy, particularly when it's on somebody else's sovereign Why soil. Can't? Because that's that's a war crime. You can't. We but this guy has killed Americans. Does yes, it, uh, no, well, no, don't we have authorization to, to protect our own troops? That's what the thing. What Donald Trump has the the pre that presidents have like he can act immediately to protect our own troops like not not so much as a declaration of war he can't bomb a whole like country right but that's what his the strike that the attack on the embassy in Iraq was led by this guy and that's where he has, uh, to, he has the right to protect but here's the problem though. Though. here's the problem things. though yeah. if Trump has authorized that attack prior to that attack on the embassy then, Did he know? I thought it was in response to the. No, that's well. That's an open-ended question. So that's in being theory, asked. he I mean, did. So I mean, there's in, no proof that he didn't. Well, there's also no proof that he did because, in so, fairness, what I'm saying is Trump himself said that he had information that this there was an imminent threat, and that's the key. There has to be an imminent threat. Okay. So Trump said there was an imminent threat to four embassies. His own defense secretary won't back that up. His own defense secretary said, I, I've not seen intelligence to show that. So, and look, I'm not saying it's conclusive he either way. He came out verbally and said that because the last time I saw it was that they're not releasing it. No. Which I can understand. The defense. If we give out why, how we got, like, you know, just if I sit there and go, hey, I know what you did. Well, how do you know? Well, if I tell you how I know, then I might be giving up how I'm going to find out other shit about you, like spy network and, and lines of information. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. but what I'm saying is the defense secretary said that he did not see uh, in intelligence to that effect. Trump said that's what he believed. So you're talking about, and I'm not saying it's conclusive, but what I'm saying is this is a legitimate debate to have yeah. because it's not always... It's not always black and white in terms of... It's like people who jump to the... When you start talking about, well, was this the right move at the right time? And people start going, oh, you, you're in love with terrorists. Well, and no. these Iran guys are fucking... Are taking over fucking ships. You know I mean? Jumping on, you know, our UK, our allies, different uh, rigs. And I think that they were kind of acting ballsy and fucking slapped them in the face. You know what I mean? And did so in a very intelligent way because... Look, nobody innocent got killed. It wasn't like he bombed the guy while he was still in Iran. The dumbass fucking flew to Baghdad to be up to no good. I mean, look, 
past before you know past history of what you've done actions is probably a good indication of future behavior mm-hmm. you know what i mean like your past behavior i'm sure he wasn't there looking for fucking recipes to help out his fucking cooking right mm-hmm. the guy you know that's what he is he's a general that sets up different fucking militias in, in, in areas that are anti-american so this asshole was there to do fucked up shit and i mean wow they blew him the fuck up and didn't hurt nobody else like that's pretty fucking nice precision and then it kind of i feel really put iran in its place who i think they started fucking re- you know, like you know some fighters like get a little too confident I'm like dude you're reading your own press lines mm-hmm. i think iran with the fact they have no fucking air force and, and different factors mm-hmm. really felt like they oh we don't got a war with them i'm like really you got a revolver. I got a fucking Abram. What the fuck? I'll go to war with you any day of the week, buddy. Sure. You know, and in fact, they shot their own fucking plane out of the fucking air, showing how unqualified they are at Inept. war. Inept. Another Thank thing. You. Another thing, though, that you have to consider as well, and this is not a black and white issue, but Iraq is an ally, and when you <coughs> execute uh, an, an, an assassination like that on somebody else's sovereign soil. You also have to take into account how that destabilizes their sovereignty. So I'll give you an example of it. Now, technically, that's what we did to Osama bin Laden, but it was Osama bin Laden. So we killed him, and then we looked at Pakistan, and we're like, dare you to say something, and they didn't say anything. I get that. That's Osama bin Laden. Maybe you could make the same case here. But you're going to need to make that case. Well, I mean, here, killing Osama bin Laden, I feel, Osama bin Laden, as far as what I understood at the time, was really not much of a threat anymore. I mean, still a threat, still a symbol. And, and killing him was for past crimes, you know, and making a statement. Like, there's a whole thing. But as far as, like, well, how many American lives is this going to save by killing this guy? I think killing Salami, an argument could be made that we saved more lives by killing that general than we did by killing Osama bin Laden. Yes, but that's not, for, for, for potential future crimes, that's not the argument we make in well, front I just of the say world. he's a guy who's still in his prime. I get it. Fucking doing evil shit. I, 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 this guy's yeah. in control. He's yeah. the second most powerful guy in Iran. He is like basically ahead of the infrastructure. Yeah. He's setting up in, in different areas, you know, going around. I'm like, all right, well, this guy is still a shaker and a mover. Uh, bin Laden was fucking retired, fucking hiding in a fucking room. You know what I mean? At a, at, a, at a base level, I get those ideas. But what I'm saying is when it comes to being president, it's not always base level. And you're saying you have not ruled out voting for somebody who thinks that Article 2 of the Constitution tells them they can do anything they want. You realize that's his exact quote. Yeah, well, like I said, it's a, I'm going back to my Michael Jackson analogy. <laughs> but that's not even his personal. That's I don't I don't care anything about that either. I'm talking about what he he thinks that being president is. I think he was unpleasantly surprised how much to find out how unlike an autocracy it was. I'll bet you that someone had to, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't know there was <coughs> things like Congress and Supreme Court, but I'll bet somebody did have to explain to him co-equal branches of government, and I mean after he was elected. I'll bet somebody had to sit him down and say, no, no, it, Congress is actually Every bit as powerful as the president. What about some of the trade deals now that he's signed in? You know, going with the, the, the 
South American Mexican deals that just went in. I forgot what the, the acronym. The well, NAFTA, the issues yeah. you okay. So here's the so, so NAFTA was bad. I'm 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 with you on right, that. He got and into I, that and he got, signed in a new 100%. trade deal in. But China now, like the okay, war with yeah. them, is yeah. is benefiting us in the long run. But here's here's part of why it's benefiting socialism that's being given out to farmers. You've got billions and billions of dollars being given to farmers right now, and I'm not saying they don't need it. But you're giving it to them to prop them up because of the hits they're taking from tariffs, and then you're. But you're not acknowledging it. You're not acknowledging that that is manipulating the outcome. You're just conveniently ignoring it, and you like to call people like Bernie Sanders a socialist. That's what that yeah, I is. I think that comes down to is I don't think people have. I keep hearing people say that as far as. You know, if you get money from as a businessman, you're considered smart. If you get money as as a welfare, you're considered you know a mm-hmm. leech on the system. Well, I kind of bring this analogy to like if you're a guy and you sleep with lots of women, you're considered a stud. And people mm-hmm. go, well, that's not fair. If you're a woman and you sleep with lots of girl yep. dudes, you, you know, why is she a hoe? And it's like, yep. why is that not respected? I'm like, well, one's easy and one's fucking hard. And so being a farmer and establishing and receiving that help there's still a benefit to society and they're giving and producing it just because of what the government's making choices right now they're not in a position that was at their own fault to be able to they're still Mm -hmm. producers right whereas when you sometimes get on people's ass about someone i get it you see someone is fucking laying at home you're like hey so you're pulling a fucking welfare check yeah like well what's wrong with you i'm just in between jobs are you fucking looking? That bothers people. And so I think that's why the, the insult and different Well, areas. I'm okay with the support, but what I'm saying is they won't acknowledge that. See, if you'll acknowledge it, then we're we're cool. Yeah, But they won't that. acknowledge that that is socialism. It's like, how many people do we run into that'll say, you know, I'd be damned if I see this country turn to socialism. My first question for them is, okay, so let me ask they you a question. Socialism. Right, so let me ask you a question. Are you, any, are you okay with any socialism? Socialism. Now, if they say yes, if they say certain areas, then we have a different discussion. But if they say no, that's not what happens in this country. Okay, VA. Okay, on a on a municipal level, fire department, police yeah. department, and and of course they're going to be okay with that. So then it becomes okay. You're all right with some some levels of civil socialism. engineering infrastructure, right? I mean, we wouldn't have highways and stuff. I get it. Well, that's like when 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 the right goes like, oh, these. You know, what were the what were the people the the what were they called when they did the uh, the protests at, at fuck tea baggers? Or? No, the the um at uh, Wall Street the, the oh Occupy centers? yeah the Occupy yep. Wall Street it's like oh the Occupy Wall Street guys you know every one of them has got a Starbucks and an iPhone but they hate capitalism you know that's that's as like lame as and I think your argument is as lame as like that argument that we go off because like obviously there's socialism and there's and there's there's government policies and i think there's a big difference between the two and i think when someone says like we're against socialism is and you know or the person says like we hate capitalism it's like you can't pick apart i think you're picking apart the wrong you know there's well, a no. difference between like well, capitalism and buying a have cup of issues coffee. that are yeah. faulty it's right. just human nature. Well, but and you sit like there and find like, anything. Oh, and go, you, well, this sucks. It's like, well, yeah, but I can calling, point things that suck on your end. You know, calling the military socialism is like calling you buying a, you know, buying a phone. You're a capitalist pig. I mean, it's it's like. Well, I think but, it's a pretty but, weak yeah, no, no. But what I'm saying, Mikey, is that I my fault is that it's not acknowledged. I'm not. I'm not saying it's it's not okay. Just the same way. Let's say somebody said that to me. 
like you know, hey, you're out here at Occupy Wall Street, but you, what was it? You got an iPhone got an and iPhone. a Starbucks. Yeah. I'd say, the, I'd say, well, from the gap yeah, but or, see, know. here's what my answer would be. Yes, I do. I'm not anti-capitalism. What I am is pro-regulation, and these people need to be regulated. And when Glass-Steagall was repealed, by the way, on a, a tremendously bipartisan level, in the waning days of the Clinton administration, Clinton and uh, a lot of Republican congressmen supported this because it meant more money in the short term, just like uh, Trump's economic agenda, more money in the short term. But you stripped away all that regulation, and that's why all of a sudden, uh, as uh, uh, Bush 43 was leaving office, the economy was about to collapse. Everybody was saying, what happened? Well, you, uh, you, you, you let the fox guard the, kin- the hen house, and then this is what happened. This came home to roost. So what I'm saying in that situation is I'm not – I would be the first to acknowledge that there are elements of capitalism that I comp- – I mean, not just elements. I support the idea of capitalism. But that doesn't mean that we don't benefit as a society from certain aspects of socialism. But, see, that's a nuanced argument, and those people won't acknowledge that. What aspect of the socialism do you think they're trying to reject? Well, they, the word. they Hearing that word to them sounds like that is a buzzword that they have been fed that anything associated with this word is bad. It would just be, the, to, to use Mike's analogy, it would be the same thing if just anything that I heard pertaining to capitalism is bad. Capitalism is bad. I'm anti-capitalist. No, I'm not. But... I do recognize that it has to be right because unregulated is always going to give opportunity to uh, opportunists. And the same thing, by the way, with unregulated socialism. Well, and then speaking about the regulation stuff, I I see now in the bigger picture why deregulating some of our our, our, uh, EPA codes made sense. That thing just came out with China, the showing how much they're fucking not following the rules that everybody else is trying to set up. Uh-huh. So it really puts us. So I kind of understand that. It'd be like if, I guess, to put it in simplistic MMA terms, I have my guy and I'm getting ready to wrap his hands, and I'm like, all right, this is the way to wrap it legally. Yeah. What about the other guy? Uh, it's up to him whether he wants to follow it or not. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but we're going to compete in the same arena. Yeah. I'm all, well, what's he doing? It's unregulated, just fucking doing whatever the fuck he wants with his wraps. I'm like, well, we're going to do that too. They're like, yeah, but that's not healthy. It can cause injuries and this and that. I'm like, but it's going to give us an advantage in the fight right now, right? Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, let's win this fight and we can talk about getting the other guy to fucking do the right thing and then we'll do the right thing. But us going first, I think, so. I don't know, I'm just not for that. So I kind of understand where it's like that argument, it puts us at a disadvantage on a capitalistic you know in the free market world where well we're going to follow certain agenda and regulations and now we got to compete in the free market with guys like in china specifically that do not follow those same regulations and same concerns for the environment and whatnot so like it's like well well, fuck pretty soon we're going to lose to them here and then they're going to call the shots and we'll be deregulated anyways because they're going to fucking own us but here's the problem with that if you're going to be the world's leader you work with a conglomerate of allies unless you're an isolationist like trump and isolationism really doesn't have a place in the world in the 20 uh in the 21st century i mean that's just not the way of the world we've learned this we learned this lesson from world war ii this is why we have allies and why we have things like nato 
in the wake of what the way Hitler was able to be Hitler going from country to country was it was a bunch of countries going, well, that doesn't affect me. Well, okay, he got another one, but that's not my country. It doesn't affect me until he came and got theirs, right? So we realized in the wake of that, hey, the way to suppress the future Hitlers of the world is to have all the good guys in a regulatory body. Now, here's the thing. Or blow them up when they go to fucking airports they shouldn't be at. <laughs> well, yeah, but but do it. But do if we would have caught Hitler back in okay. the day in Moscow, we yeah. could have took a shot at him. Yeah. would have been a but, good idea. But here's the thing. Do it, do it as a collective. Yeah, you can do that, but you're not. That's not what Trump is. Trump is the turn everything upside down. I'm pissed and I'm antagonizing our allies, and I, for some reason, mysteriously champion strongman autocrats. He wishes he could be that. He wishes he could be Vladimir Putin, and he can't. And I think he was probably very surprised when he got into office that it wasn't more like the way that you run your Trump industries or your former Soviet Union, for that matter. What do you mean Congress is co-equal branch of government? What do you mean I have to get their authorization to do that? I'm the president, and somebody told me that Article 2 of the Constitution says I can do anything I want. That is a dangerous person, and it's dangerous whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm very simplistic in thinking this. I am, and that's how I fight and break most things down. But if the tax cuts make the economy better, and we are seeing now that the economy is great. Um, doesn't that generate to where, even though the tax percentage is lower, it's taking from a bigger pie? Well, no, because that money doesn't get reinvested in the economy the way that supply-side economics believers would have So is that basically think. what I'm following up is supply-side economics? Yes. The idea of supply-side economics is top-down. The idea is if you give the wealthiest among us the, you know, the, the larger tax break, that they will then take that money and reinvest it in the economy. But if that's what the tax breaks have just done, aren't we seeing that but in action? But it didn't do that. No, that's not what we're seeing. What we're seeing is... So why is everybody's 401k at high well, rise unemployment because wall street loves it because you're giving back to them and by the way at the same time you're also stripping away regulation so they love that but what they did was but then why does it seem like the economy it, then it is trickling down because i'm not saying the economy is good because i'm basing it off our top one percent in general, overall, the economy is, is it not? Well, it, no, but it's good for people who have 401ks. It's good for people who, just start right there. The number of people who don't have those. You're talking about, you know, Wall Street loves deregulation, for sure, just like the oil and gas industry would or any of those other people. So if you strip away those regulations in the short term, they will recognize they can make more money, and that is going to give a boost to Wall Street. So, but here's the problem. Why do so? But, but here's here's the problem though. What you also see happening with a lot of those types of companies is stock buybacks. So they're just taking that money and then buying back a lot of their own stock, as opposed to, hey, we just came into a bunch of money. Let's uh, uh, go down to the factory floor and start, you know, doling out cash to our baseline workers. You're not seeing that happen. The other thing that but you're they're not, hiring more workers. That's why unemployment is at a low. At what wage? That's another thing you've got to look at is wage growth. You know, just because somebody is going out there and getting themselves a $14 an hour job. See how you do on $14 an hour in this in this world, you know? I mean, that's great. It's better than having a no-dollar-an-hour <laughs> job, but it's also still not getting you to where you need to be 
to not be wealthy, but let's be honest, just to be reasonably comfortable in this world. So there's there's another issue there. Listen, you've heard me say this before. I'm a big believer that if there is if there is a company owner out there who is rather than, you know, basing their personal pride on what they have and what they drive and all the rest of that, if you had a guy, and I, I mean, I'm talking somebody who ran a big company, like, a, you know, like a Jeff Bezos or, a, you know, the Walton family or somebody like that, I'd like to see those people go, you know what our turnover rate is? Real low. No, it's funny, no one ever wants to leave here because we keep giving raises and when we do great everybody does great and our workers make far above the national average for their position like if you show me those things i want to reward those people all day long but the point is we don't put any of those parameters on them we just say here's the break and we trust you to do the right thing but they don't put their when you give those breaks to people at the bottom those these are people living paycheck to paycheck so they take all their money and they put it right back in the economy that is a great way to infuse the economy because those people don't have any money in the bank but when you do that to the to top tier people all they're doing is looking to grow their their company's worth which in in invites a lot of things like stock buybacks you know one thing you can say about this conversation i think you'll agree mikey is it's been completely one-sided <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if uh, that's what if 79 Wexford, if he if he did happen to give us one more chance, hopefully he's. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. That's what pisses me off about somebody like that. Not that they disagree. And with also us. wages are up in the in the last decade. The wage growth is has been up. But by what? I mean, I'm talking about it's, being able to keep it's up the fastest wage growth. But again, yeah. yes. But again, but compared to what and how how. How is that legitimately affecting the average? Because I'll tell you this right now. I mean, even if you had a $15 an hour minimum wage, what is that really doing for people? Even if you well, made $15 okay, an But that hour. point right now that, that Mikey just made that there shows under different rule, like Obama's administration, the Democratic, didn't have that wage growth. So how are those policies helping those guys out where – I'm seeing wage growth under the policies. Well, you also had, but you, yeah, but you also have to look at at where he started. I mean, you're talking about somebody. If you just want to talk about Obama, you're, and I'm, listen, I'm no Obama was half the liberal. Well, I, no, wanted I was just to trying be. to go. So to don't the flip don't side don't take this as yeah. like I'm I'm uh, you know claiming Obama was a savior, but. If you want to talk about where he started from and where the economic where the economy started to recover, all that started happening in his administration. Now, of course, it started happening because of I mean, it was brought back from the brink of where it was. But that brink was caused by bipartisan support. And this is where I blame Clinton just as much as I do the Republican congressmen who were in at the time for stripping away that regulation. This is a bipartisan universal truth that if you strip away that regulation, the worst thing you can do is look at the man and say to them, I trust you, buddy. You're on the honor system. Yeah, I know you'll do, I know you'll do the right thing and walk away. Now, if you want to incentivize them to do the right thing and say, hey, you know what? Tax breaks all day long for you when I see you taking care of the working man. That That's cool. I'm with that. But nobody champions that. And that's what my big issue with them is. And that's why you see this ebb and flow to this thing. Again, if maybe let's say you didn't you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in the last election. Okay. But one thing about Hillary Clinton is she was showing you how she was going to pay for every dollar she was going to spend. You may not have liked where she was getting the money if you were in the top 1%, but she could show you where it was being spent. 
Trump's spending doesn't do that by a long shot. This guy has exploded the deficit, exploded it, and with no regard for it because he's treating it just like these companies that he's run. Pay a bill? I'm going to pay a bill. That thing comes due. I'm going to be like, look, you're going to take a fraction of it or you're not getting anything at all. Problem is, that's not how government works. What I want to say, though, about that dude that gave us the one star. And then, if you will, Mikey, just real quick, pull up the other tweet that, uh, that I yeah. sent you. Because, listen, I, you want to give us fair criticism, I'm all, that's fine. You know, absolutely. In fact, you know, if, if the guy actually did want to make a point, he could articulate it in an email, and then we'd read it and talk about it here on the air. But when somebody does that, and that is the cancel culture that, that people like that complain about, here's one star for you. Like this, just the, this podcast just sucks, you know. And you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna penalize well, I would it learn for that more opinion. If, if uh, what's his name again? The other first guy. What was his name? Wexford. Oh, Wexford. Yeah, I just yeah. clicked it. Out. I would hope that somehow it gets back to him if he's not watching the show. If he can point out some of the things you said in your argument, that's that, what I'm that saying. Correct, because I want to hear it. And if it's not correct, then you know that's right. I'll be happy to answer those. Now, here is a tweet from a guy. About the very same episode, episode 256. What does that say, Frank? Honestly, the episodes of Phone Booth Fight that I enjoy the most are the ones where at Richard Hunter and at Frank Mir talk politics and life. Good stuff. Hashtag MMA Twitter. All right. Well, that's from Seth. We appreciate it. But it goes to show you that, uh, you know, there's different appeals for everybody. But I guess my point is, like, if you want to be in the conversation, just get in it. Don't hate the convert. Don't hate the fact the conversation is being had. You know, no, participate it in it. I like these yeah. talks. I get it though. Sometimes you don't want to hear about it. I feel like politics now can be all over the place, and sometimes if you want to, you just want to outlet. And I think that's what, especially sports, are kind yeah. of the outlet. You know, so I do, I do get it and understand that sometimes you just don't. But then you know what? Next episode we talk all about. You know, we do an hour and a half right. of fight breakdown. But his point wasn't that, that I we wish you wouldn't talk about politics. Right. I, his point was we were about the politics. yeah, and I yeah. and and, I, and as a conservative, I feel like that like liberal politics are out there, and I and I don't think I was here for two fifty six, so maybe. I wasn't here. I wasn't. You've lived it before. So yeah, it, 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 it wasn't anything. The yeah, there, yeah, but there the wasn't ramp. anything about it that no. wasn't, uh, you know. But I do, I do like want to just chime episodes. in a little bit and say yeah. I do get it sometimes. If you want, like, you just want to escape for a little bit, mm -hmm. and and sometimes, and you, so, but but our show has story. never been that. It's never been the like, you know, we talk MMA for an hour and a half, and that's it. Right. You know what I mean? So I so if you're a fan of the show, it's not like all. It's not like in the last week we started exactly this, you know what i mean but so. this is here's what this show is here's what it is it's 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 our friendship that's what it is that's how it was born i mean this this show was born we're going on our fifth year now this show was born on frank's back porch where we'd sit out there late at night and just talk about stuff and it's yeah nice to be able to smoke a cigar and do the show at the same time. yeah <laughs> well i i wouldn't know about that but uh but i'll take your word for it but yeah i mean it's it's it was about mma but it was also about other stuff. We're not pretending to be interested in any of this. If we're not interested in it, we wouldn't be talking about it, you know? True. And we're probably also not talking about a lot of stuff other people talk about just because we're not interested in it or we don't get it. You know, uh, I saw our buddy Dan Hardy 
uh, this past weekend at the fight. And, you know, I always bring this up, but Dan is the person who told me how well I would get along with Frank before I knew Frank. That's right. Because uh, I was friends with Dan, and Dan was always saying to me, man, have you ever really sat down? I said, you and Frank Muir need to just hang out, sit down. You're very much the same. But we're, we're same, but we're, we're different in a lot of ways. I mean, we just had a little back and forth there. You know, we've got different perspectives on things. But the point is we're having the conversation. Yeah. Neither one of us is sitting here going, boy, you are so wrong, Frank, and you're lucky I'm not telling you why. You're lucky I'm not getting – I could, but I'm not going to get into any of that. That would hurt my feelings if you didn't tell me the whys. Exactly. So this is genuine. This is uh, – you know, if, <laughs> if this podcast weren't happening, these are the same conversations that would be, uh, would be happening between us, and that's why we do it. So I don't know. Cool. I just, uh, I just think that's – but we're pointing out a couple of different perspectives there. But if you just – just if you're a fan, of, you don't even have to agree with one person over another or whatever, but uh, just know that that kind of stuff is out there where it's like I'm not really honestly evaluating the quality of this podcast. I'm just – I heard something I didn't like, so I have to penalize somebody. I mean, what do you think, Mikey? I think that's no, kind of what I, that is. I think that's what it is, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he just – to give – you know, if you're a fan – you were a fan of the show, I mean, just to go once after one episode to give us one star and then leave, like, yeah, send, you mean send us an email and say, like, hey, I didn't like this. Yeah. If, cause and it, here's why. And here's why. Would you bring this point up? Right, and then we'd more than happy to talk about it. I think we right. all would – I yeah. would love more interaction with our fans. I agree. Like, leave us a comment. Argue with us on Instagram, you know, or Twitter yeah. or whatever. Like, but but just to do like, I'm not listening anymore. Well, then now, if even if you had a great point, now it's moot because you don't you don't get to listen. Let's say we loved your point and go, boy, you know, we're going to change our podcast because of this. You'll never know because you you stop yeah. listening. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. It's like just because you disagree with Mikey's politics, you're not going to support his porn. You know, like, I mean, what kind of world would would that be, right? Anybody's not supporting porn anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't you probably don't know this, Darnell, but Mikey was a, a porno cameraman. That was his actual day job was shooting porn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, this is all tame compared yep. to that. All right, Frank, tell them about that Amazon banner. Uh, click on phoneboothfighting.com. There'll be an Amazon banner on our website. By clicking on that banner, you get transferred over to Amazon. You can do all the shopping for your wants and needs. And a small percentage of your purchases come back here to help us out at the show at no extra charge for you. We appreciate it. All right, Darnell, thanks for sitting in. And thanks for being such a great opponent. And I'm excited to hear that you're going to keep fighting because, like I said, I need you to turn into the champion of the world now. So do you want to? Do you want people to follow you on your? Do you want to tell people like how they can find you on your social media, or do you not want follow? Do you? Uh, I mean, they could if they want. It's D Nails L V D N A I L Z L V. All right. See, we have to do this. Yeah, Frank will tell you. Like we got to now. We got to build up like your fan base following, right? There go. Yeah, you got to grow that thing. <laughs> start. Yeah, this is how we start getting sponsorships and things like that. All right, for uh, Darnell and uh, for Frank um, and uh, for Porno Mikey over there uh, doing a great job producing as always. Uh, I'm Richard, and uh, this has been a uh, a very uh, evenly based uh, episode of Phone Booth Fighting. We'll see you next time. Everybody was Kung Fu